When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to break down the film of one of my favorite players in the 2022 draft, Cincinnati cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner. And for that, we bring in our friend who is the host of Blewett's Blitz, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's up, brother? Uh, nothing, man. Continuing to just pump out content. I literally just finished recording a Tyler Linderbaum review, so uh, I'm excited to get to um as you you know one of our favorite uh draft prospects um in in the 22 nfl draft my friend chris walker and i said about ahmad gardner before the draft process really kicked into gear meaning that the season ended in college football that we believed that ahmad gardner was this year's jc horn and what i mean by that is for a lot of the college football season you would see mock drafts that would have gardner somewhere in the mid to late first round and then we believed that once people really dug in, they were going to see that Gardner was cornerback one in this class based on his size, his skill, his speed, his coverage ability, all of that. And now it looks like that's the case. You're hearing Daniel Jeremiah, Todd McShay say it. Ultimately, maybe he doesn't go first among the cornerbacks, but I think there's a strong chance he will. J.C. Horn did. He went one pick ahead of Patrick Sertan. So let's dig in on Ahmad Gardner because I think he would be a phenomenal fit for the New York Jets. 
And I want to start with his fit in the Robert Sala defense. The interesting thing with Gardner is he's really good in zone. It doesn't mean he can't cover guys in man, but it means that he's well suited to his own defense, which is what Sala supposedly plays, although I think he played a lot more man than people realized last year, him mm-hmm. and Jeff Ulbrich. Tell me about how you think Gardner's skills would translate to this Jets defense. Well, to be honest, I think he's really good in press too. Like, mm-hmm. like some of the plays I watched, I, I watched in press and in man coverage of him, I was just as impressed as as in zone. Like he he's he's patient with his hands. He replaces his hands. He has good. Uh, he's a good shuffle. Uh, he does not. He's not opening his his hip up immediately like guys like Bless Austin does, or even you know, which obviously you know we're comparing him to Bless Austin. I shouldn't even said that. Um, but guy, even like even like Bryce Hall does. Like he ha- he trusts himself in his a- a- athletic ability. And his movement skills, especially for a guy who's 6'2", are great on the line of scrimmage. Um, his length, he takes advantage of it in man coverage. So um, I, I actually think he's really good fit in press, to be completely honest. So he's he's a well around or well-rounded prospect where he could do anything, like it, whether it be you know uh, in a cl- in a cloud role in a cover two, cool. Um, he needs to work on some of the stuff a little bit with that, which we can get to. Um, really, just rerouting guys, he doesn't do that as well as like he should, but. Um, the Jets, like you said, like they ran what, like thirty to forty ish percent man coverage mm-hmm. in in twenty twenty one. I think I think it's somewhere right around there. Don't quote me on that, but it's something right around there. So it's not like they just run zone. Like people think, like even just like a zone a zone defense just runs zone. Uh, uh, inside zone team just runs inside zone. Like no, you're gonna run everything. So you want your guys to be versatile and. He could play in off coverage. He could play in press. He could play in cover two. He could play a deep third. He could play um, off coverage in, in, a, in a four. He's smart enough to to read the one to the two to the three to 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 be a force player to to match a guy in the flat if, if there's like a push call on him or, or or a fast three, whatever it may be. Like he could do anything. Uh, he really wants to. Like like you said. Like I'm not. You know, I don't think he's Jalen Ramsey coming out, but. Um, you were talking about like him being like a mid-teens, you know, guy. And I watched him like, why are we not talking about him as a, a like a lock of a top 10 pick? Like he is like, I don't think any of these other guys go above him. And to be completely honest, um, I, I he might be the, the best guy at four for the Jets, depending on how the board, how the board falls. People might think that's crazy, but I think it's realistic. Um, so you have a scheme. The Jets run a lot of, you know, they run a lot of cover six. They run some four, they run some, I would say like some quarters, um, plenty of man coverage. So he could do everything. He's not just his own guy. He's not a Richard Sherman. He's not just, he's not just a man guy. He is well, well enough versatile to play um, whatever they want him to do, which obviously adds to his, his uh, value. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Joe, you hear a lot of people say Robert Sala's scheme doesn't really rely on a top shelf corner. They don't really need to invest in that position. They shouldn't spend a lot of money there or they shouldn't use a high draft pick there. They're going to be perfectly satisfied with Brandon Eccles and Bryce Hall at those two outside boundary spots. And I just don't see how anybody could believe that considering that A, this is 2022 NFL, and we know that stopping the pass is one of the most important things you can do, and there's two ways to do that. You defend the opposing team's weapons in the passing game, and you get to the quarterback. So that means corner is incredibly important in any scheme, and you look at Bryce Hall, and you look at Brandon Eccles, and now we're seeing reports that maybe the Jets aren't, quote-unquote, satisfied with those two as locked-in starters, but I think you see Bryce Hall as a decent number two cornerback you see Eccles really more as a depth piece you've gone in depth in your film reviews 
on what you've seen from these guys. So talk to me a little bit about this perception before we dig deeper on Ahmad Gardner, because I think this needs to be talked about since a lot of people appear to be under the impression that the Jets don't really have a need at corner. And so it would be crazy to draft somebody like Gardner at four or a 10, or even if they traded down a little bit and he was still there. I, I don't get it. Like I, I need something to explain to me in what system does a quarterback or a cornerback not matter? Like, again, maybe if you're running strictly cover two and he only has to play curl to flat, um, maybe you're a little bit devaluing him. But like, again, you're seeing plenty of quarters coverage, um, cover four, cover six, whatever it may be. Um, and in those situations, it, you, you know, you have a deep fourth you you're, and if they, uh, if the receiver crosses a, a certain threshold, 10, 12 yards is considered vertical, unless you're obviously playing like Meg, which is man everywhere he goes, you're locking him up no matter what. Like there's different types of coverage of, of cover fours, you know, Meg, mod, push, box. There's a bunch of different things. But in a lot of that, like it becomes man. So they run cover four, cover six. So it becomes man. That's important. Cover one, very important for, for a cornerback. Um, cover three. Was Richard Sherman not important for this to, to, this, to the Legion of Boom? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, different forms of cover three, but still. Um, so I, I don't get the, the the whole corners don't matter thing. I, I really don't. Now, do the Jets and their staff and some of the NFL, uh, you know, think of defensive end higher and put higher positional value on that? Sure. But does that mean that corner doesn't matter now? No. One position just might mean the most. So D end is one, corners two. So it doesn't matter now. Like, you know, no, it's, it still matters. You know, it's not safety. It's not linebacker. Like those, those positions matter, but not as much as corners. So you're looking at the second most important position on defense. And like you said, like with the NFL nowadays, like, okay, if you're playing a quick rhythm offense, you know, three-step drop West coast type offense, get, get the ball out quick. Uh, the defensive line doesn't matter as much as corners. It depends on the matchup. You know, uh, if, if they're a five to seven stop, uh, step drop team, then okay. Then we're talking about the defensive ends more, but there's plenty of offense to get the ball out in three steps, which have fun getting there in three steps, unless you're Aaron Donald. Um, so yeah, the, the corners matter. Ahmad Gardner is, is, is worth the, the investment. He would make a massive impact for the jets. Um, and in terms of like, you know, like you said, like you kind of laid out there, like, oh, well, based on like reports now that the Jets aren't satisfied with their corners, like, like not, not, this is not offense to you, Scott, but like, no shit, <laughs> you know, like just watch them play. Like, like Hall, Hall is a decent number two. Um, and, and to be honest, like at the end of the year, like he got, he's getting burned a little bit. Like he was getting beat up by Gabe Davis. He got beat up plenty in the Bucks game. So like he's an average level number two corner. Awesome. Brandon Eccles, like I said, people, people, just because you say it's a great, like he's a great second, a sixth round pick, automatically equate him to being okay. He's a starter. No, any, any, anybody in a in a role as a sixth round pick is a great sixth round pick based on the hit percentage there. So he's a great, he's a home run of a sixth round pick because he could be your corner four or five, you know, four or five dime. He comes in wherever, cool. But him as a starter, he's way too volatile to be a starter. Um, one player will get a pick, one player will get burned, one player will get a pass interference. It's just there's way too many ups and downs in this game. And then I'll, you'll say that on Twitter. And I remember the one, one guy was like, oh, well, you're not accounting for him developing. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, but I'm not just going to rely and say, oh, well, he played good this year. And it means he's going to be great next year. Like some guys don't take steps in the right direction. So you can't just bank on him developing to be your corner one when next year we're hopefully, you know, competing. We're in the we're in the graphic in December. We're winning hopefully eight, nine games next year. You can't rely on Brandon Eccles, uh, again, his volatile play. So. Um, I need somebody to break it down to me. I need somebody to tell me in what system does a corner not matter. So um, you're looking again to me. It's the second most important position on defense. So if you don't have, you know, uh, one of your prime edge rushers, you know, the, the Thibodeau or Hutchinson fall there, you could argue for Gardner. If Gardner's there at ten, I think he's a home run pick because it's still a very important position. 
Joe, one thing that I don't think people talk about enough with Ahmad Gardner is his tackling. And of course, along with the tackling comes run defense. He's really good at that. For a corner, it's not the number one thing you look for, but it's definitely a huge plus. Yeah, the, yeah, so he's definitely like very, very, very willing as like a force player to force guys in back uh, back inside, and he's really good in terms of uh, in terms of knowing like like how to get inside. Like some some guys at, at corner will be a little bit over aggressive; they'll shoot inside of a block, and then obviously the running back, the receiver, who it, whoever it is, has the edge. Um, but corners again, you need to be that force player. You need to force guys back inside because where's a pursuit coming from? It's not from the sideline coaches unless it's whoever coach. Who was that? The coach from the from the Raiders or the whoever tri- uh, tripped like Jacoby Jones. That's what I'm talking about years and years ago. Um, but yeah, the, the pursuit's not coming from the sideline. It's not coming from Sally. He's not going to tackle the receiver. So you need to force him back inside. Uh, so your D line can get there, your linebackers, your safeties. And he's really good at um, being aware uh, as the force player, very, very willing to get physical, very, very willing to stack and shed guys, especially for a guy who's a little bit lanky. He comes with a little bit more thump than you think he would. So um, when, I, when I look at corners, you know, obviously you want the cleanest technique out there. Sure. But it's more about the willingness because there are some corners out there who just are not willing to get their, to, to stick their face into the fan. And he definitely is. He needs to improve on his technique. Um, there are times where he'll leave his feet a little bit early and kind of lunge for blocks and be a little bit ankle grabby at times. Um, and then also there are times, and I have, I definitely put up a play of this in the review where he comes into tackles a little bit high as well. Instead of like crossing his face, having good leverage, driving his feet, he'll kind of get in front of a guy and just stand straight up and wrap them, wrap them up, and he'll bring them down in college. But I'm telling you right now, if you stand straight up and try to wrap up Derrick Henry, you are absolutely screwed. <laughs> so he has to improve on his actual technique of tackling. Um, but the fact that he is well, well enough willing to do it is is the thing you you want to see. You can improve on the actual fundamentals, but when you see a guy again who will stack blocks, who will be the outside force player um, who is willing to take on blocks, willing to, to to take on a running back running full speed in him. That's the most important part. He has that in, in bunches. He's he's a fiery competitor who's not going to uh, just let a, a running back um, just run right by him. And there's been plays where he's on the opposite side of the field, and I've seen him sprinting to chase down running backs um, who are 40 yards away from the guy. So um, he definitely has the effort and the want to to do it. Joe, you were talking about Mike Tomlin, weren't you? Was it Mike Tomlin? Yeah, when he tripped Jacoby Jones in the side, like a punt return? Okay, so it was Tomlin. If it gets the Steelers, all right, there you go. Yes, that was not his finest moment. But that said, he, of course, <laughs> one of the best coaches in the NFL, and I'm sure Jets fans would love it if he was on the sideline here for the Jets. But with Ahmad Gardner, Joe, one thing that's interesting is a lot of times we see flashy numbers. And in his case, he gave up 87 total yards in the air in 2021 he gave up zero touchdowns in three seasons at Cincinnati and on the surface you look at that and say wow that looks dominant but sometimes when you dig under the surface you find that those numbers are deceiving because maybe there were times where he was burned for potential touchdowns and somebody dropped it or the quarterback overthrew the receiver whatever it is in this case, yep. though, when you look at Ahmad Gardner's tape, I think it holds up to those dominant numbers. So if you can, talk about his pluses and minuses as a cover corner because we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, why he's such a valuable player, and we just discussed his run defense and his tackling, but I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this now because the number one reason that you draft a cornerback is for his coverage skills, and he's every bit as good as those numbers I just threw out would suggest. Yeah, that's really important for like safeties and corners or, you know, anybody in coverage. Like you look at 
and people even even if they see something, they might be seeing the wrong thing. Like Pinnock, everybody talks about Pinnock and his great game against the Jags. Both plays, the reason he got back on that play was because there was pressure. Uh, Lawrence was late, whatever it was, but both plays, he was burned. He got lucky to get there because the ball was late. So when you actually look at the process versus result, result, okay, yeah, he broke up the pass, he got a hard hit, the ball was dropped, whatever. But the process was good, good quarterback, good offensive line, he's burned. Um, Kyle Hamilton, multiple plays in coverage where you know I see him get, I got, or I, or I saw him get beat, and he just wasn't targeted. Um, so you want to look for those plays, and that's why it's important to not just watch uh, catches against and tackles and all that stuff because there's 60 other plays during the game. Um, but like you said, it holds up. Like if there's not a lot of plays where he's beat and the quarterback um, just didn't see the the receiver, didn't see wh- whoever he's in coverage on, um, or he missed or the ball was dropped. Like there was not a lot of that. Uh, I did a review a couple of weeks ago, but to to the best of my knowledge, I can't re- remember any plays. And I watched, um, let me see, I can tell you exactly what the games I watched are. So maybe if I, maybe you can go back and kind of fact check me. I watched UCF, Houston, and Alabama. Um, and even versus Alabama, like he's playing against guys like Mechie, uh, versus um, Williams, and he's locking those guys down. Um, obviously, his size—you know—he's a little bit wiry, but still, he still is aggressive enough. So that's it, it's fine. He still has plenty of strength in that 190 frame. Six-two, uh, the fluidity he has, the overall athleticism he has, the fact that he eats up uh, space pre-snap when in press is a big thing to me. You can't be playing in, mo- in no man's land. He understands that. Um, again, he gets shuffles in, he alternates punches. He, he doesn't just rely on one technique. There's a lot of guys who have their bread and butter, but the problem is if, if, if a guy knows how to de- defeat your bread and butter, uh, you're screwed and he'll do soft shoe, you know, um, press where it's kind of feet, uh, feet, eyes, uh, and then hands or he'll, he'll, he'll double shoot you aggressive as hell type press. So he changes it up enough where you can't really uh, assume what he's going to do. He'll play inside, inside leverage, outside leverage, heads up. Um, he has great speed for his size. He has great fluidity as he's able to break on the ball very, very well for a guy who's six two. again, you can't look at a guy who's six two and expect him to break like a guy who's five, who's five nine. Um, but with that being said, he still breaks just well in general for a guy who's six two, which is great. He has good quickness. Um, he stays square in coverage. He, he, he doesn't let guys stack him. He gets hands on in the route. Um, people say he's, he's, a, he can be a little bit grabby, but he just gets hands on, which is, which is a, a positive thing. Um, the guy loves football. Uh, I think in, in zone coverage, he's super aware of threats around him. And it's not, and it's not, he's not just aware in his assignment. He's aware of, of threats outside of his assignment. Uh, he played both sides of the field. He has good lateral movement. He has patient feet. He has good, his patient hands. He's flexible. Like I'm, I, I'm going to read at the end of this, I'm just going to read my whole list of strengths and weaknesses because I make my own list and then I'll show them on my reviews. I'll promote myself a little bit there, but I'll show you in my reviews, all this stuff. So I'm going to read it at, at, the, at the end, but I'm just trying to run through um, some of them. He uses a sideline well. A uh, big thing that Rebus did was, was using the sideline well and squeezing the guy to the sideline, let them let them bow their route out and use that as a second defender. And he does that really well. So there's a lot. Phys- he's physical. He's, uh, he's very physical uh, in route stems. You know, he doesn't let guys dictate the route. He dictates the route to guys. He's, he's, he gets his hands on and gets over top of it and then matches the break. Um, he, and he fights to maintain that contact, which is really important because you have a lot of guys who don't fight to maintain contact and they take a one away. One of the, their like sensories in terms of being able to feel breaks. When you have hands on, you could feel a break. You could feel, you could feel a guy's chest coming up. You could feel him start to gear down. You can obviously feel him actually starting to break. And that gives you that split second difference of being able to react to the, to the break on the stem. Um, and he does that. Like there is a lot of positives um, from him. His eyes are low pre-snap, which is important. The hips, the, the hips don't lie. 
the head does. And a lot of guys have their eyes high, which is a, which is a problem because a lot of guys are jerking their head around to fake guys out. He, he, his eyes are disciplined in being low. There's a lot of positives in his coverage. Joe, thanks so much for saying that his hips don't lie. I think I owe Shakira some royalties now. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Joe, one underrated aspect of having a corner like Gardner to me is that if you look at the fact that the Jets had the worst pass defense in the NFL last year, a big part of that is because they couldn't cover the opposing team's weapons and they couldn't get to the quarterback, which, as we said before, are the two ways that you stop an opposing team's passing game. If you get Carl Lawson back and with the two picks that you have in the first round or if you're able to get a veteran on the trade market or something like that, however you do it, you were to add a corner like Gardner, have Lawson come back healthy and then add another edge rusher to go with Lawson, that could instantly transform this defense from the 32nd worst pass defense into something far more formidable, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, like, like lost. It's almost like a free agent signing now. Like, it's nice to like be like I'm gonna have to go back and like watch my own review and like promote it again because he's basically like a new player to the Jets. So, um, getting him back, getting Q back, getting JFM back, hopefully getting an edge rusher at the top of the draft, and then you pair that with, uh, let's say, you know, a, a, a Gardner. Let's let's say it's the the most ideal situation. He falls to ten. Um, the defense can completely transform. Obviously, you need to add some safeties as well. Um, but you're talking about having. You're filled the most two important positions. Like, you know, you know you're, if you're telling me the defensive line is stacked, you have solid corners, okay, we'll work on linebacker and safety in years to come, but you're locking down the most, the, the two most important things on defense. Um, and the thing is, like, you, they have to address corner, whether it be with Gardner, whether it be, you know, let, let's say a, a Stefan Gilmore in free agency, because the problem is, like, even if Hall is playing well as, as a two, He's automatically now in this system with with not another guy next to him. He's now that one, and he's a he's a misplaced there. Like I don't think he has the physical upside to be able to guard guys, even in the division like Diggs or Waddle, where a guy like Sauce Gardner can match those guys. Like he has the physical upside to be able to match those guys. Um, and if you have you know Hall next to Eccles, now you're looking at Hall being misplaced, and you're looking at um, him being taken advantage of by by top tier receivers. And now on the other side, why even target Hall? You know, because now you're going against Eccles there. So if you have one weak point in uh, in your cornerback room, teams are smart enough to just continue to target that. So you want to add that guy next to Hall who's supposed to be there um, so, that, so they can't cherry pick and, and go against one guy um, on the defense. Now maybe, okay, now you, you're taking away their corners. Now maybe they have to rely on their second and third type weapons and, and tight ends and running backs. But I'd rather have to guard tight ends and, and running backs than have receivers just absolutely trample the Jets like they did all last year. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think it's a no-brainer to to add this guy or at least add a corner because again, you can't you can't have that big of a hole um, at corner. Again, Eccles is a is he was a slam dunk pick, but that doesn't automatically mean he's he's a starting level corner. So. Joe, last question. Any types of receivers that you think Gardner would have particular trouble with, or do you think that he's the type, almost like a Darrell Revis, where he could lock down just about anybody? We do know that Revis occasionally had trouble with guys like Ted Ginn and Stevie Johnson, the smaller, shiftier, speedier guys, but overall, he could cover just about anybody. Do you see that with Sauce Gardner? And I'm not trying to compare him to Revis, by the way. (laughs) Good. I was about to preface that. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. Uh, even though I saw somebody comparing Tre- Trevon Diggs to Revis, which is an absolute <laughs> joke. Um, yeah. So the only thing I would say is like I, I think he could match up with these type of type of guys. It's just not ideal. And like you said with Revis, it's the small shifty guys because at the end of the day, he still is six two. 
So like his athleticism is great. His fluidity is great, but it's all great for his size. So you have a guy who's 5'8", 5'9", who's ridiculously shifty um, underneath. He could struggle with that a little bit just again, because he's a little bit high hip and you're high hip. It makes you harder to, it makes it a little bit harder to break, but I'm not going to feel like uncomfortable with him there. But that, with, with, it, with it being said, you have a guy on Michael Carter, the second, who's going to be a lot matching up against those guys. So you really shouldn't have to worry um, that much with it. And I don't, again, I don't think he's so out of place where it's a, where it's a massive concern and he played all over the field um, in, in college where he played out. He played outside. He played inside. He played in, in the slot. I'm pretty sure I saw him match up, up against some tight ends because he's physical enough and, and uh, in his route stems to be able to do that. He's not going to back down from anybody. So um, yeah, I don't think he'll particularly struggle if he had to go against the slot. It's just not necessarily the most ideal matchup for him in terms of, again, not, not like a big slot, not, um, I'm trying to think of like a bigger slot. Mike Kosecki basically is a big slot. Like one of those guys that like he'll be fine with, but in terms of like the Jamison Crowders of the world, um, Cole Beasley's not ideal, but again, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable with it. And that's where Michael Carter II comes in. If you need somebody to cover those slot guys, Joe mm-hmm. Blewett, the host of Blewett's Blitz. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down Ahmad Gardner with me. Really appreciate it. Check out Joe's full review over on Blewett's Blitz. Remember, he doesn't just give you a quick 5-10 minutes. He gives you everything. So we're talking hours worth of reviews, of players, of games. It's all there. Blewett's Blitz. Follow Joe on Twitter at JoeRB31. Check out everything we've got up at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under Luke Grant got some really good videos up, including one on Kayvon Thibodeau, the outstanding edge rusher out of Oregon. He's got one up on Tyler Linderbaum, who Joe mentioned before, the center out of Iowa. Trey McBride, the outstanding tight end from Colorado State, and much, much more. Watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. 